Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. Robert here, along with Dustin. And before we get going, we'd like to say a word to our good friends over at SeatGeek. You know, they'd take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show, and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, yellow dot, good deals, and red dot, not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Let's go. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm gonna punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Guys in Ties podcast. This is Dustin, and Rob is here with me, and it's been a while. Nice. We're sorry. It's been a while. We had a crazy few weeks. I, I was unable to do anything. I had I was out of town two weekends in a row, and I was unable to record with Rob, so we had to push it off. But there's a, uh, not a lot been happening in UVA sports. Not say? recently, not but recently. I guess while we were while we not were recording, gone, a lot of stuff happened. While we were gone, there was stuff happening like early on, yeah, such as another national championship, yeah, Memorial Day weekend, yawn, yawn, boring, another <laughs> one. Uh, we got a new recruit for basketball, Sam Hauser, mm-hmm. um, but we're not really going to touch on those today because we feel like those have been talked about at nauseum, I think, by a lot of the other UVA sites, so... We're going to move in a different direction, but we do want to mention the lacrosse championship. First off, we're just going to touch on it briefly. Then we're going to talk about some basketball, woo, everyone's favorite. And then we're going to talk about football as well. So, Rob, let's talk about the lacrosse championship first. Um, That was awesome. Yeah. That was cool. That was a good thing, man. It was, you know, it's good to get the gear back flowing, some more national championship, uh, you know, gear going. What was it? Had it been four weeks since our last one? I don't know. It's... There's like similarities that we've talked about, which uh-huh. SVP had that segment, which was cool between the football and basketball championship. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a good thing, man. And yeah. I, plus I like Lars Tiffany. Like He's I good. I liked him when yeah. he came on and then now that he kind of had his moment in the spotlight mm-hmm. and you can kind of see like, you know, the values he has and kind of his weird sense of humor. That's kind of funny still. And I like, I, I like, like him. I like his UVA teams and how gritty they are and how tough they are. And you, you mentioned Scott Van Pelt on ESPN on SportsCenter did a similarities of how both the men's basketball team and the men's lacrosse teams 
had this sort of comeback kid mentality, and they would always come back. A lot of overtime games for them. Um, two overtime games for UVA basketball in its last three games, and two overtime games for men's lacrosse in its mm-hmm. last two games, right? Last three. Last three. The, blow, you're right, the blowout you're right, you're right. was the championship. Oh, you're right, of course. <laughs> it was so boring, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, but the so two overtime games in the last three games for both teams. Really exciting. Both comeback wins. Um, a lot of the time for both teams so really exciting stuff and it's good to be back on top for lacrosse you know it's been a while since 2011 and ever since then we really haven't you know done that well Mm -hmm. but it's good to be back on top and hopefully we continue that yeah and that's kind of like the beauty of the sports man it's like it's not so much the sports themselves but kind of like the way you do it and Mm -hmm. who you do it for Mm -hmm. and like Lars is just like Lars is a funny guy, and I've I've always liked Dom Starge, and he'll have a special place in my heart. But you know, I think they picked a good guy, obviously, but like a good coach, but also just like a genuinely good human being to mm-hmm. kind of take those next steps. So I, mean, I enjoyed seeing Lars. That was like the biggest takeaway. Is like as soon as we made the Final Four, like UVA lacrosse was back, and then kind of seeing Lars, kind of just like his moment in the sun. Like mm-hmm. it was enjoyable to see. Yeah, I mean, and. Talking about the coaches, I mean, coaches for UVA sports have always seemed to do, like, really well now. Like, they all mm-hmm. sort of have this mentality of of doing good in the community and, and creating great players, not only on the field, but off the field. And I really like where it's going. I mean, look at Tony Bennett and Bronco Mendenhall. I mean, especially those two really embody that mm-hmm. kind of mindset. So, it's good to see Lars Tiffany get on there, too. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's really our only contribution. That was to our contribution. We, we don't have to break it down. That's been broken down by so many other people, and it's also what two weeks old at this point. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to really look back at it, go look at someone else. We, we're not here for that, but we <laughs> we do love lacrosse. And if we had been recording, we would have probably done a intense breakdown of the final four weekend. Back to our high school days. Back to our high school days, but uh, not this week. And we we're gonna move on to some other stuff, but. With that being said, there was some basketball news where we got a new recruit. Sam Hauser is a graduate transfer. He's going to sit one year out and then play one year. Rob, what does this mean? I mean, it means uh, there's so many things it means. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting that the Hausers obviously didn't go to the same school together. Because that was what they were talking about the whole time which was going a, to different which was a big turnoff yeah. for a lot of people as right. a lot of people didn't want two scholarships used up mm-hmm. so that was why i was turned off by it because i didn't want to use up two scholarships to kind of screw up our 2020 class yeah and it could have had implications because obviously they're great players yeah but it could have screwed up the future recruiting which screwed I up it could have changed i don't know if it would have screwed up it would have it would changed change. it it would have changed the direction of the program i don't think screwed up is the right word because they're both really good players mm-hmm. and they obviously would obviously would have fit but it's tough to justify spending two scholarships on players that play the same position yeah you know well i think obviously we talk about sam you know he'll have one year left when he comes Mm -hmm. in and he'll this year this coming year is going to be kind of a bridge year so obviously he provides like after mamadi diakite different type of player but Mm kind of you know that I think Sam Hauser is more in kind of the three four role while diakite is more the four five role yeah but you know he'll He'll provide some life after Diakite leaves. Mm-hmm. 
big thing I want to bring up, and we actually didn't talk about this when we were planning this podcast, but we can bring it up here because we've okay. talked about it a lot. Sam Hauser's a hell of a three-point shooter. He can shoot it. And by the way, the three-point line is getting moved back to international yeah. distance yes, for college is. basketball. So I think those two are good things. Like We have a guy who's, what, a career 40% three-point shooter? Like 43. So he's a guy 43. who's a big guy, you know, can get in the paint. I don't know what his post moves are like. Most of his highlights on YouTube are just him mm-hmm. shooting threes, honestly. So at least he's going to have the ability to stretch the floor and kind of play a role in there. So I'm I'm kind of excited in that. Yeah, and you know you mentioned the three point line getting moved back. So that was one major change that's happening. And the other one is when you get an offensive rebound, instead of the shot clock resetting to thirty, it resets to twenty, which is going to speed up the game. It's going to make it a little bit faster. It's going to get off more shots. Um, and I like both both rule changes i think they're both fine Mm -hmm. and you know we argued about this we didn't argue we talked about we discussed it we debated (laughs) debates the right word but we debated the implications of moving the three-point line back on the pack line defense has that changed for you at all so to ground this dustin says what you think it helps the pack i think it helps the pack i think it hurts the pack line yeah i think ultimately it's going to be so negligible that Mm -hmm. no one will notice yeah. But, you know, the idea, the difference here of opinions is that Dustin is of the opinion that if people aren't making three-point shots anyway against us, why would you stretch out, you know, a foot more or whatever it is to mm-hmm. guard along your three-point line? My point was more, it's still worth 50% more of that shot. Why wouldn't you contest that? Right. I think it's going to come out somewhere in the middle. I think, you know, Hughes Place, they had a good article on it, St. Lou, who um, broke it down. And really, you know, the bad teams that can't shoot threes are going to be punished. The teams that don't have three-point shooters but are really athletic, dynamic, the slashers, they're probably going to be punished too if they're not able to stretch the floor, mm-hmm. you know? But the teams, and maybe it means more upsets kind of in March Madness, but the teams that can get hot, the teams that can shoot from three, you know, it obviously plays an advantage to them. So I think ultimately what we're going to see is going to be pretty negligible, uh, especially these first few years when coaches haven't really had the opportunity to build their teams around this because presumably, you know, it means coaches are going to value shooters more now. Mm-hmm. You know, you would think that at least, and they won't have the opportunity to do that. And then in the NIT, I think it was, you know, three-point percentage. I think the teams on the season shot like 35%, and then NIT, they shot like 34% when they experimented with so it. So it's not, it's not I really... I don't think it's going to matter that much. I mean, and, you know, we had guys shooting from way out there for the whole, the whole season. Ty was shooting way out there. Kyle was shooting way out there. DeAndre, not so much, but... I think that, you know, once players get used to it, they'll just start shooting from farther away. And it doesn't really change the mechanics. It just changes, you know, the trajectory of your shot. Mm-hmm. So it'll be nice to... yeah. I, and I going, going back to your neg- negligible differences, it's going to, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, we're just going to have more offense. And that's what this rule is going to create. So it's not really going to hurt UVA because mm-hmm. on offense, we're going to have more space as well. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's the goal. If we can make shots on the offensive end, hopefully we don't have to defend as much on the defensive end. Yeah, and the Who's Place article kind of presented like this, you know, like how the rules, the idea of the rule kind of contradicts each other. You know, the idea is to make the three-point shot, you know, less effective and also to clear the lane. But you're really not clearing the lane unless the three-point shot is just as, if not more effective. It kind of goes back and forth. You know, one has to happen for the other to happen. But they, it's not always that simple. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting kind of, you know, how this happens. Again, I think I think you might see a little bit of adjustments. You know, it was weird, like, when they 
brought the shot clock down from 35 to 30. It was weird at first, but yeah. by the end of the season, it just felt like the same basketball game you had always been watching. And, and you know, everyone was like, when that happened, everyone was like, oh, you know, UVA is going to have so many more shot clock violations because, you know, opponents have five seconds less to defend. And that wasn't really the case. And I don't know the numbers, but it definitely wasn't any more sh- yeah. than at normal that we had that year. So I think it's interesting just how, you know, teams adjust and how coaches adjust to that and how they just get their players ready for this new mindset. And yeah. so any good team, any good coach is going to have his players ready, have their players ready for this new change. Mm-hmm. And I mean, going back to that, even the debate there was like, oh, well, does this does the, you know, decreasing the shot clock help or hurt UVA's defense? Because mm-hmm. some people are like, oh, well, 30 seconds, it's going to be less efficient. But you know, 35 seconds, UVA has a greater ability to slow the game down. You know, mm-hmm. I, it really didn't matter. You know, the UVA's right. defense was still really good, kind right. of regardless of whether you had 35 or 30. They were still one of the best defensive teams in the country. Yeah. So I think it's going to be similar to this. I think maybe you'll hear it talked about a lot. I think kind of at the end of the season, you're not really going to notice a difference. Mm-hmm. So going back to Sam Hauser, he Yeah, that's where this started. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hell of a three-point shooter, uh, and he shot about... 40% from three last year on a high volume. He shot uh, um, 200, uh, over 200 three-pointers and about 150 two-pointers. And, you know, he's also a deadly free-throw uh, shooter. He shoots about 93% from free-throw last year. So it'll be good to get him in the lineup and going. And with Sam Hauser, we're going to get a player who can play either the three or the four. Uh, he's comfortable with either. Although I think he's going to fit more at the four in our system. I agree. Um, but I think he can slide down to the three. He actually played more at the three when he was at Marquette. He played about 50% um, of his minutes at the three and a little bit at the four, too. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Tony uses them. It'll be interesting to see how he fits in for one year. I know that's kind of a weird thing for players to come in for one year. You know, we had... Um, um, Nigel Johnson. Nigel Johnson, yes. Nigel Johnson came in for one year. And also, you know, but luckily, Sam Hauser gets a year to sit and learn the defense, yeah. learn the players, so that'll be good for him to do. Yeah. So, but I guess where we're going with this ultimately is that Sam Hauser can't play next year. Yeah. And next year is going to be kind of a bridge year. Mm-hmm. So one thing Dustin and I were talked about is, uh, you know, what is this team going to look like next year? And that's kind of where we're going to focus a lot of this episode. And. Mm-hmm. You know, one kind of intriguing thing going on right now is that this team still has a scholarship to fill if it wants to fill it. We've seen Tony Bennett go by, go past years without filling the open scholarships and giving them to a walk-on, a Justice Bartley, for example, for a year. So, Dustin, Virginia still has one scholarship available now that Mamadi Diakite returned. There's still one scholarship available. I guess that's another thing that happened since we last recorded. Mamadi Diakite is back. back. (laughs) Uh, So... What do we do with it, if anything? What does UVA do with that last scholarship? Honestly, I don't think we do anything with it. I think Tony's going to hold on to it, maybe give to a, a walk-on. And, or you know, sometimes there's mid-year transfers. It's really rare. But, you know, sometimes you can hold out for that. I don't expect him to do anything like that because that's kind of weird for a team that has a system that's really hard to learn. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he's going to not give it to someone like a grad transfer. I don't think that... At this point, we see anyone who's going to be able to fill it. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, unless someone comes really out of left field, like, mm-hmm. heck, it's summer, you know, like, 
I don't think I don't think it's going to be a high school recruit. I think it'd have to be a transfer, in, mm-hmm. in which case probably someone with immediate eligibility, most likely. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I know there's names circulating out there. I don't follow the recruiting as much. I just don't see anything happening there. I just, you know, I, I don't expect anything to happen. And, let, and, you know, but there's always weird things that can happen. You know, there's a coach who could, you know, get fired in, in the middle of the summer and his all, recruits all leave. Or there could be... Uh, a recruit that you know decommits at the last second i know i don't think that's allowed but if that happens i think all our guys are officially signed i know i think but i (laughs) for for some reason if there's a recruit floating around we could pick him up but i don't think we're going to use it honestly i think it's too late and i think that you know once we we have what we have right now and i think we're going to have to learn to work with it yeah well let's talk about how we do work let's let's talk about how do we work with it And, and i think one of the things that you know, we're losing from last year is, of course, a bunch of talent. We're going to have hopefully three draft picks uh, in June, mm-hmm. definitely two. Kyle is the one who might not get drafted, but he will definitely get signed by a team, I think, afterwards. Mm-hmm. There's, people are going to have to step up. And it's unclear right now who's going to do that. Who's going to be able to step up and say, okay, I'm going to take over you know, Kyle's spot, or I'm going to take over DeAndre's spot. I'm going to step into uh, Ty's shoes. So Rob and I are going to go have a discussion, and we're going to talk about who do we think is going to be improved next season? Who is going to be the most improved player next season? Rob, do you want to start, or do you want me to start? You can start. Okay. Because I'm curious what you have to say, So I'm still not 100% sure. Rob brought this up to me, and the first name that came to my mind was Casey Morsell. And I think that's a little bit cheating because he has not actually played yet. So he can't be the most improved player. Mm-hmm. But I think Casey Morrisell is going to be a huge addition to this team. We are very short on the guard depth chart. So I think he's going to have to play a lot, if not start from day one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, when I think about more, I think it's more sell. More sell. More You're so- probably right. I think more sell. I'm not 100% sure. Um but when we think, we'll call him Casey. When we think about Casey, uh, I kind of think back to the year Kyle Guy had as his freshman season. Mm-hmm. Played a lot, started about half the games, mm-hmm. and you could tell there was talent. And some games you're like, wow, like look at that. Can you believe he did that? Other games you're like, oh, yeah, he's kind of a small freshman. He's a freshman. Yeah, so that's kind of what I think we're going to see with uh, Marcel. I think we're going to see a guy that has his moments. You know, But the big difference is that Casey Morcel is built, man. He's, like Kyle Guy big. was like he's always big. small his whole career. Like yeah. Morcel, like reminds me of like a Marco Anthony looking guy when mm-hmm. he came in. Like he's physically ready for. But the I game. think I think Casey can actually move a little bit better than Marco. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely, like, he, definitely. Like he's built. Like he's built kind of like how how Malcolm was towards the like his third year or mm-hmm. second year that he played. Um, he's just bigger, and yeah. he he's like ready for the contact. You know, when Kyle came in, you talk about Kyle's first year. He was skinny. Yeah, he was probably like what 160 pounds, maybe. Yeah, I don't so know if he graduated right. all that much bigger than that. Uh, he 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 claimed he was 170, and in the <laughs> in the combine, I think it, it'll be interesting to see how how much he plays this season because I think we're gonna need him to play a lot. Yeah, no, I mean he's definitely gonna play a lot, and I think he's gonna start quite a bit too. Yeah. So I guess the biggest things, oh my, I'll call it breakout player. Okay, I'll go with player. Thomas Woldetensai. I'll okay. go with him because I think it's gonna be a guard. I think mm-hmm. our breakout player is going to be a guard. And I look at who our guards are. I don't think Kihei Clark is ever going to be a true scorer. 
that doesn't mean he can't be a good player. I don't think he's ever going to average more than eight, nine points a game. You know, I think he will definitely improve next year. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's not to say that, you know, you. I mean, you can even look over the course of this season where at the beginning of the year he was like, wow, this kid can really play defense. And then in the middle of the year, it was like, okay, he can really play defense, but his offensive game is really limited right now. Mm-hmm. And then at the like later half of the year in the ACC tournament, the NCAA tournament, he made some big shots. Oh, yeah. And he could score. I mean, he scored 12 points in the Oregon game, and we would not have won that game without him. I think he can definitely score, and he can definitely improve, but I think you're right that he's never going to be... He's never going like, to be a score. London. Like London had to be a good score his senior year. And London even was kind of out of place in that role. I agree. I agree. But I don't think Kihei could do that. Yeah. Even if asked. <laughs> but I think I think ultimately, I think what you and I agree on is that it'll come from the guard spot. Whoever uh-huh. this breakout player is will come from the guard spot, which is interesting to think because there's a lot of big men next year. Yeah. And it's also interesting neither of us said Jay Huff. Well, okay, so... <laughs> so when you when you texted me about like oh I want to talk about breakout players, so I thought about Casey. Second player I thought about was Jay Huff. Okay, and that was so I had four answers. Casey was my cheater answer because he's never actually played before in at UVA. Jay Huff is my lame answer, and he's the lame answer because we have said he's going to be a breakout <laughs> player for two years now. So is it really fair if we keep saying that he's going to be a breakout player? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, but I, I agree. I think that Jay Huff is a candidate for someone who could be a breakout player. He's, I mean, he's got it. I mean, at some point, if he's, I mean, at some point, he's got to break out. Like he has to play. I mean, yeah, probably, he has to play this probably, year. unless Gafaro overtakes him. Yeah, I mean, and they're they're different players. Yeah, they're much different players. Right. So it really depends on if Jay can move his feet. Yeah. But I, I expect. With the ha- having a healthy off season with w- without a broken clavicle, mm-hmm. it was his shoulder, right? Yeah, it was, it was his no, he didn't. It was a uh, he like rotator surgery or something okay. like that. Something, something, it was something in shoulder. Sh- yeah, it was shoulder. Something in his shoulder. But anyway, he can work out. He can get a little bit bigger. He can work on his footwork. I think he's gonna be a great player for us next year. Now, is he going to be like the superstar that we all imagine him to be? Probably not. Because from what we've seen in his growth and stuff, it's just taken him a, l- a lot longer to get up to where he can actually perform a little bit. Mm-hmm. And last year, we saw some incredible moments from him. Yeah. But he was clearly not ready to play like 20 minutes a game. No. Like we want him to. I, mean, I wanted him to. That's the dream. I wanted him to, but he, he never got there. So I, mean, I don't know if he could have with the fouls. Right. Like lots of times you're like, mm-hmm. oh, well. You know, but heck, that's how Mamadi used to be. Too. Right. Exa- I mean, but Mamadi was that way in his second year mm-hmm. and his first year, not his junior year. Not his, well, Jay was in his sophomore year last year. Yeah. So this is his junior year. Red shirt, sophomore year. Red, red shirt. He, he'll be a red shirt junior this year. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much of a leap he takes from second year playing to third year playing. Yeah. I have <laughs> two more. Okay. Candidates. Yeah. What are the other ones? <laughs> Two more candidates. And this one's gonna sound weird, but Mamadi Dikite okay. could be a breakout candidate. And I think I'm saying this because I think that Mamadi has potential that he has not even realized yet. And I think that he, if he can get his three point shot to go down a little bit more consistently, if he can continue to be a lockdown defender, um, if he can continue to crash the boards the way he does. I think he can definitely be 
that he should be defensive player in the ACC, if mm-hmm. not the country. And also, I think he could be an All-American if he really unlocks his offensive potential. Yeah. You know, I was I forget what uh, publication it was, but some publication had him as like a second-team All-American. Wow. And I was like, See, whoa. I, and I would not have put that because I don't know if he can get there, but... I think he can. Yeah. It just depends on how... Physically, yeah. Physically, he's got he's, that ability. He's got the ability. He is athletic. He is finally learning how to move his body on the on the court. And, you know, he, he's shown the ability to shoot the three. He can make free throws at a good clip. Mm-hmm. And he's a lockdown defender. He's a lockdown defender. So I'm really excited to see him this year in a leadership role and see if the offense goes through him a little bit more this year than it did last year. You know, we had three options before him. Yeah. So this year, he's probably the number one option on offense. Yeah, which is weird because like he's not a great post player. He's not. He's way better and kind of like the pick and roll mm-hmm. or like moving off of screens or any of that. Oh, a transition so, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see what an offense with him emphasized looks <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah. Imagine, imagine last year thinking, "Oh wow, Mommy's gonna be our best <laughs> offensive player next year." Holy cow! No, I wouldn't have expected, but I think he's definitely a breakout candidate. Yeah. Because. I wouldn't have thought that, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. My last one is Braxton Key. Braxton Key is a breakout candidate in my mind because last year he had some really good games. You know, think back to Florida State, Mm -hmm. think back to the championship game where he had a fantastic defensive game. He had a big game in Blacksburg too, I'd want to say. Okay. Yeah. He's had some big games. He had some big games and he's shown that he can contribute. Didn't quite put it all together. Was inconsistent from, from inside the in the paint and also inconsistent from the three-point line which is really the two places where we need him the most (laughs) so if he can learn how to consistently make those layups and those putback shots and also hit some more corner threes Mm -hmm. i think he could really step up and you know be the three guard that dre was yeah no braxton key is a good answer too because he was a guy that I was really excited about when the season started Mm -hmm. and then kind of you realize, oh, he's not going to be quite what our expectations were, at least originally from an offensive standpoint. But we don't, we don't win the championship without him. Oh no, probably not. No. I mean, he was the perfect fit in that game and he played especially terrific defensively. Yeah. And kind of the exclamation mark was his dunk at the end too. And people forget the block on Jarrett Culver with one second left in regular time. I mean, that shot could, it looked good coming off the hands and he blocked it. So that could have gone in, could have ended our title hopes. But Braxton Key is here, and he's got his last year. Hopefully he puts it all together, because he's got the tools. Yeah, yeah, no, terrific player, terrific player. Do so, you have anyone else? You said uh, Walden Tensai. Tomas? I think it's Thomas. I think, think I heard Thomas? someone say Thomas. It might have been Jay James, It was, or maybe it was Dave Kane. Okay. Someone said Thomas. I'm going to roll with Thomas. Okay. Thomas Walden Tensai. Okay, Walden, Walden I think Tensai. I got the name down, too. Yeah, Walden At least the last name. Yeah. Well, the ten size and the first name, we'll make a decision when we get there. So, but. so why do you think he's going to be a breakout candidate? Because you mentioned him earlier, and then I kind of cut you off. Well, I think it's got to be a guard, and so you think it's got to be a guard. So I mentioned three big guys, yeah, <laughs> and also Casey. Our offense, really, you think about it. If I think at the beginning of the season, you're going to see a lot of mover blocker, which is interesting because I don't know if our personnel is necessarily built best for the mover blocker it's not but i think tony's bread and butter is the mover blocker Mm -hmm. and that's how he's going to get everyone going Mm -hmm. especially at the beginning of the season i think it starts with that and you expand from there so when i think of the mover blocker i think who are your three guards because you have the point guard but really all the point guard does move the ball up the floor and kind of once you're in 
your set, you know, it's really all three guards are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So who who is scoring is basically what I thought to myself. Who of the guys in that three guard lineup is scoring? Right. So I don't think Kihei Clark is going to be a big scorer this year, but he's he's going to play a lot. He'll have but to I don't step think, up. He'll have to step I up. I think Casey Morsell is going to go. You know, kind of hot, cold. I think we're going to see a lot. I'm not ready to put anything on Cody Statman yet. Right. So I it's almost by default, but also by talent. You know, he's a big guard. He's mm-hmm. a, what six four, six five. He shot, you know, 45% or whatever it was from three on a high volume, Mm -hmm. on a high volume of three. So I think seeing him come in, you know, against, you know, not not the best opponents in the non-conference stretch, Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see him put up some big games. I think he's going to get comfortable, and I think he's going to be a big player for this team next year. So the thing about him is that he's a deadly three-point shooter, but other than that, he's not going to be able to really create his own shot Mm -hmm. beyond that. So with the mover blocker, it'll be interesting to see if he if he's coming off screens kind of like Kyle exactly. did exactly. or if he's spotting up kind of like Ty would. So yeah, I'm interested to see how he fits in and and how Tony uses him. But I think we I think Tony's going to have to move away from mover blocker as the season goes on as he realizes that Jay <laughs> has to play more because we're going to have to score. Someone's yeah. going to have to score. We are so guard short next year. We only it's have crazy. we only have really 3 that I trust. And we're assuming we trust Marcel and Walter Tensa. I, I do. I, I am trusting two of them. And Kihei. That's all. Yeah. I, I don't know if Statman's ready. I don't know if he's ready. I don't either. know if Statman's ready. Um, Kafaro's going to have to play some to move. So that we just basically shift everyone down some. Yeah. Uh, I think Braxton's going to play a lot of three next year. I think that Mamadi's going to play a lot of four. I think that Kafaro's going to have to play five. Yeah, I can see Kafaro or Huff kind of wrote. Obviously, two totally different types right, of players. Right, and I think but, Badoki is going to have to play some as well, although I don't know if he can contribute offensively. Mm-hmm. I also don't know if he's ready to come back and actually play actual minutes coming off of his illness. Yeah, whatever it was. Whatever, yeah. whatever he was going through. We don't know. We don't know anything. And from what we saw last year, I mean, you could definitely see that he he has some potential, but I, I don't I don't know if he can contribute right away right now. And, you know, he's only going to be a sophomore, so he's got two years after this. But, you know, it'll be weird. I think Cody Statman's going to have to play some minutes at the three. I don't know. You said the same thing last year about I did. Marco Anthony. Well, so, well, I was un, I was unclear about how good Kihei Clark was. That's true. That's I was true. not ready. I was not prepared to say that our 5'9 freshman <laughs> was going to play 30 minutes a game. Yeah, it's going to be a weird basketball season, man. It'll be fun. Because it's like our depth is in the front court where it normally hasn't been. And that's going to be very <laughs> strange because our offense does not move through the front court. Yep. It moves through the guards. So I think that's why I'm saying Tony's going to have to change the offense to make it more, less mover blocker, more pick and roll, more uh, sides, mm-hmm. and spread the floor man that i think that's one good thing that this is good to spread the floor out yeah. a little bit more for our and big guys. we didn't talk about how it'll affect the offense if it'll affect the mover blocker i don't mm-hmm. know again i don't think All it's gonna have much effect, i don't i don't think so either yeah i don't think so either so we've got a lot of unknowns next basketball season i think that's what we're really getting at is we are unsure of what this basketball team is going to look like and i think tony is at this point too and you know he's got one scholarship left is he going to use it what is our guard depth going to be? Is Cody going to play? Is Jay going to be good this year? There's so many questions. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun to, as we get closer to the season and we kind of figure out, like we'll see pictures of, oh man, Jay got big this se- <laughs> off season, or oh, Cody is still 160 pounds and he's six six, you know. So I, well, we're not sure what's going to happen. So it'll be fun. Yeah. 
So good. I guess I guess now let's have the same conversation for football. Yeah, let's do because it for football. Football is coming. I think we're what like football winter's coming. coming. <laughs> football is coming. Uh, what you know, three less than three months away yeah. from the first game. I think Virginia Sports put out a tweet recently. It's like twelve or thirteen weeks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, football is coming, and the first years are on grounds now. They came to grounds this weekend. Obviously, there's a lot of hype. Um, you know, really just before recording this, I read this great article uh, by Jerry Ratcliffe, and it was kind of Broncos like, what if? What if this team, you know, keeps winning and never looks back? That'd be cool. Uh, but I guess we got to beat Pitt first before that happens. So Hashtag beat Pitt. <laughs> Stop, Stop it. Pitt. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Greatest uh, button thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so let's have the same conversation for for football we'll start okay. talking about football more as kind of we get closer to the season we're still kind of living in our basketball high right now i will always live in the basketball world <laughs> uh, always as long as tony bennett's here i think most people will be very happy to continue talking about mm-hmm. basketball so let's have the same conversation for football dustin let's talk breakout players next year is anyone that's kind of caught your eye you know whether it's most improved breakout you know anyone that you're kind of starting to look at right now i think that you know, something that we have that that's a big question mark for us this year is wide receiver position. I think that the rest of the offense is pretty much set. You know, we know who our quarterback is. Our our offensive line is, you know, it's gonna be okay this year. It's not gonna be great. Mm-hmm. But we got some we got some bodies at least to throw in there. And our running backs are gonna be decent as they were last year. We kinda got the same kind of stuff. It's the wide receivers that really have big question marks. You know, after after Alameda leaves and we have some people coming back, but we're not quite sure what they can bring to the table. There was definitely some some talent there, but can they improve it? And I think the guy who's going to really step up is Hassis Dubois, and you know he's a fan favorite of ours, and we Love talk about him, we talk about him all the time. <laughs> and you know he's the, he's a bad man, and he can really do some <laughs> some damage. But can he be that receiver who a possession receiver who can get us ten yards, fifteen yards on a catch, and then fall down? He doesn't have to juke anyone out, but he's a big body with good hands. So I think he is going to be someone to look at as someone who's going to improve next year as, as a go-to guy. Yeah, yeah, you read my mind, dude. Ex- at least when we're talking about the position. Okay. So I think I think a breakout year for Hasis would be like 750, 800 yards. Uh-huh. He had, once he had like close to 550 last year, mm-hmm. you know, good season. Last year was definitely a breakout season for him. Um, and he's going to be absolutely counting on. I expect him to improve next year. Mm-hmm. Joe Reed, him and Joe Reed are going to have to carry yeah. that receiving core. Yeah. Joe Reed was so hit or miss last year. Right, exactly. But when I think about breakout, uh, I think about guys that like, really haven't done much in their careers, and which leads mm-hmm. me right back to receivers where you were. Because right. same thing, quarterback, Bryce Perkins. Mm-hmm. Running backs, we don't really know. You know, maybe it's... Tua La Papa. Yeah, Tula, Wayne Tua La Papa. He could be a guy. You know, maybe uh, some of the freshmen come in and they do something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I think about receiver, and I couldn't narrow it down. There's two players who I'm watching. A is Terrell Janna, mm-hmm. and B is Dejon Brissett, uh, the transfer from Richmond. Nice, okay. So Terrell Janna only had a few catches last year, something like 10 or 11 catches. One was a touchdown against Pitt. Which uh, was a beautiful catch. It was awesome. And a good that run, was, a good run afterwards. Yeah, it was a great too. throw by Bryce, too. Mm-hmm. And then he also had some good late catches in that Georgia Tech game mm-hmm. on that final drive to tie the game. He's a guy the coaches are raving about this summer. You watch him during the spring game. He's a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Brennan Armstrong threw that dart to him, final play of the spring game, 64-yard mm-hmm. touchdown pass. I think there's a role 
heck, he could beat Joe Reed out in terms of yards. You know, yeah. Joe Reed is so hit or miss. So there's a role for him. He's a junior, Woodbury Forest guy, so local guy. He's a guy to watch. And then uh, Deshaun Brissett, he's another guy. Uh, tall, uh, you know, all CAA player at Richmond. Unfortunately, got hurt last year, so didn't play. But I think you got to look at that receiver position for the breakout players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And the other one that we haven't mentioned yet is Tavares Kelly, who is a dynamic playmaker. Didn't see a lot of him last year. He's he's a tiny guy, but kind of the Alameda Zacchaeus mold of just quick, fast, uh, catch on a screen and make everyone miss yeah. kind of player. So if he can get you know some punt returns, maybe some kickoffs, or um, just screen passes or, or jet sweeps, I think he could do some damage too. I don't think that he's going to have the same impact as some of these other wide receivers that you mentioned, but he's definitely something to look forward to. There's a role for him, man. He yeah. kind of reminds me of what Darius Jennings was his yeah. first couple years on grounds. Yeah. You know, smaller guy, fast. How do we get him the ball? Yeah. That's basically the question. Because he's a playmaker, but you, there's only so many things he can do right now. Yeah, and he's a small guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, Alameda Zacchaeus kind of overcame that. Yeah. Can Tavares Kelly overcome that? Right. Right. And, you know, he had a good uh, screen, it was like 20 or 30 yard catch in the spring game. He, he had a nice play. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the type of play everyone talks about in practice. We just haven't seen it in a game yet. Yeah, exactly. So um, on the defensive side of the ball is really interesting. You know, Jeff White had a really good uh, podcast interview with Joey Blunt last week. And to hear Joey Blunt talk about that secondary is awesome, man. Like to lose Juan Thornhill and to lose Tim Harris, you know, two NFL draft picks and to think, this group could be just as good next year. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome to think. I think when we think about breakout players on the defense, though, we got to think front seven, probably mm-hmm. linebacker. I don't know. Maybe defensive line, too. It's so hard to tell because the defense is so solid. So it's like, who would really be a breakout player there? Yeah. You know, maybe Jordan Mack. I think but Jordan Mack has been very good in his career. I could see him, if he's healthy, having an awesome senior season. I was thinking one of the defensive linemen having a breakout year because, I mean, the defensive line was our weak spot last year Absolutely. on the defense and but even then they did a really good job of filling those gaps and filling those holes and doing what they needed to do to at least give our safeties and our our linebackers a chance to make a tackle so i'm looking for maybe some of them to get um some pressure on the quarterback next year yeah no that'd be and the defensive line's gonna be so much better yes. this year yes it's yes, gonna yes. be so much better this year yeah are there any freshmen coming in that you are excited about I mean, Jawan Briggs, man. Mm-hmm. I, I was showing Dustin before we started this. Uh, Virginia Sports like tweeted out photos of the guys moving in. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of Jawan Briggs, and that dude looks like he's 30 years old. He's like, a big man. He's first top. So Dustin and I were thinking about this, and we actually didn't fact check us. So feel free to fact check us if we're wrong. <laughs> but is he the first top 100 player we've had since the Quinn Blanding, Andrew Brown class? I can't confirm. And I maybe say, I would say yes. And maybe we're missing someone. But obvious, I don't know. But I don't know football. So <laughs> maybe we're missing someone obvious. But you know, top one hundred player, man. Like that's what's up. So great player. He's gonna be a guy. I don't know. Freshmen are weird. Bronco kind of likes playing freshmen. You know, kind of controversial. I wish he'd redshirt freshmen more. But you know, I don't know. The long answer is I don't know. Like you look at last year, who were the freshmen that really stepped up? Mm-hmm. You know, like guys would play spot roles, but there was no like impact freshman last right. year. Right. And, you know, even the year before, Famui. you know, Famui was good. Before yeah. he got hurt. And then, uh, you know, the year before, Brendan Nelson, but he was a redshirt freshman, yeah. wasn't I mean, a true freshman. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the at the roster right now, and, you know, Tommy Christ had his had his moments. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a redshirt guy, yeah, too. Yeah, he's a redshirt guy. Redman, 
you know, had some spot minutes as well. There was definitely freshmen who who stepped up and, you know, had roles, but none that really Tavares Kelly is another one who had a role but didn't really have any Yeah. Didn't it, shine really. Didn't shine really. So I think it'll be interesting to see if there's any who do shine or any who do have significant minutes. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I, and it's so weird, too, because, like, you look at the guys bringing in, I think they're bringing in some good linebackers. Mm-hmm. I think the defensive line is going to get a huge bump. The receiver class is interesting because they're really big guys. So I don't know, man. I don't know. And I like the quarterbacks, too, man. You know, R.J. Harvey, man, like, look out for him. Like, he's you know small and kind of that marcus hagan's type athlete but that guy's got an arm yeah so you know who knows a couple couple years down the road what he looks like yeah it'll be interesting to see you know if if we go with brennan brennan armstrong next year or if we go in a different direction yeah and i mean like bronco has said there's going to be packages i was one thing i was looking for in the spring and they were smartly didn't show it but Mm -hmm. bronco says the offense is expanding this year and there's going to be packages on the field with bryce and brennan on there at the same time nice and the one time they did that during the bowl game it was like a 30 yard completion Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i don't know man i'm excited for football this year don't throw bryce perkins the ball i do not want yeah (laughs) getting broken again Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> is there anyone else on the football team that you really are excited to see or you think is going to have a good season? I mean, I think those are the big guys, man. You know, as far as big seasons go, defensively, it's just kind of who knows. I think the mm-hmm. defense is going to be sound. Yeah. I think it's going to be really sound. And we're going to have, you know, Chris Peace is gone. We're going to have to have someone step up at that other linebacker position. Yeah. Snowden? Uh, outside, yeah, the opposite Snowden. So yes. Snowden, I think, is going to have a great year. I Break, mean, that dude, a, if a he's... A breakout year, maybe? <laughs> he was pretty good last year heck if he could tackle quarterbacks he'd been in like six or seven sacks yeah, i think he only have, had two or three we would have had an extra win last year too uh virginia tech maybe <laughs> uh yeah you're right <laughs> so you know elliot brown matt gam noah taylor the guys opposite him one mm-hmm. of them will step up and do something and yeah. you know i mean i'm just excited man first three games at night at It'll night that'll be fun pit William and Mary is weirdly a Friday yeah. night game. That'll be strange. Uh, That's a weird atmosphere. Yeah. Also, speaking, it just just brought it up to me. A lot of networks right now aren't carrying the ACC network. Uh-huh. That's not cool. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, we gonna gotta, have to, you're gonna have to remedy. No, that, I gotta Rob. talk to Cox. I gotta talk to Xfinity because my my Cox. cable decision is gonna be determined based on who has ACC Interesting. network. Oh, you could have a bidding war start. Yeah. This, <laughs> this guy Rob Elder won't have us. <laughs> Unless we carry ACC Network. Yeah, so talking about message boards, man. People does, on message boards are getting it, you know. Does Xfinity have uh As of now, ACC I want to say I think they, no. I thought they did. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I know it's like... I'll have to check. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because that is a must It's going to determine the cable provider. I don't care about Big Ten Network. I want my <laughs> ACC Network. Except when we play Indiana, we yeah. need Big Ten Network. I know. Dustin was the only one who had that last year. <laughs> I know. I know. But anyway... I think that's uh, where we're going to leave it at. And as we go over the summer, we're, we're going to try and have some, some special guests come on. We're going to reach out to some people, see if we can uh, have some cool interviews for y'all. We're, it's going to be spotty, I'm going to be honest with you, because I'm, uh, I'm traveling some and Rob is going through some changes in his life. Potentially so, traveling too. Potent- so we'll maybe, if he can find time. <laughs> but but so we're going to try and get some podcasts out at least at least once a week on average. So there might be two some weeks. There might be zero some weeks. But we'll try our best to get some out to y'all. Um, as always, thanks for the love. We're sorry we haven't been here for a while, but life gets in the way. And this is in our 
main job. So not yet, at least. Not yet. You and people can change that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm trying my best to change it. <laughs> and with that, that's gonna be it for us tonight. So thank you so much for listening. This is the Guys and Ties podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to uh, follow us on Podbean or iTunes or Spotify if you want to keep listening to us. Give uh, uh, Armchair All Americans a look. They are the our media hosts, so they're they've been super great to us. We're excited to be working with them. We're excited to see where we go with and uh, check out their website. They got a lot of good stuff. Hockey Finals is on. We're watching the game six right now. Boston's up, which is good, which might force a game seven. I don't really follow hockey, but yeah, it's fun. So yeah, I wouldn't have been able to say what game or what the school series was. I had no <laughs> well, idea. Well, it says, it says the game up there, and it also oh, says true. Boston and oh, St. It, it Louis. It shows I've been watching it, really. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but that's on. And NBA Finals as well. And, of course, there's always baseball, which, you know, is cool. Be I on guess. all summer. All <laughs> <laughs> summer. That's going to be it. And uh, also, Women's World Cup is on right now, which is cool. Go Who's Baby. Go Who's <laughs> Baby. <laughs>